if you're worried, if you think that this business is saturated, just keep going. Discipline, perseverance, it will get you through it. You'll get to the next level. It's not easy. I mean, it's, this is a business, it's real. You're spending real hard-earned money, you know, to try to make something work. But like, you know, the community is always there for help. So anything you run into, just post it and people will quickly respond and, and it's great. So it's really, you know, thank you for getting that community established and keeping all these great people in it that are constantly helping. It's been, you know, a pleasure to be a part of. Hey, Business Building Warrior, this is Jim with another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is an episode today where I have a guest who will be joining me momentarily, Mr. Randy Crawl. Recently, he had, uh, well, his current 30-day rolling sales total on Amazon is about $53,000 at around 26% net margin. He's got a nice business rocking. He's in our coaching program. He started off with the proven Amazon course, as so many of our students that you've heard on this show have done. They did something else before they found us. And so we'd always like dig it into that. And today's story is no different. It's another one of, you've heard so many of these stories around here, but another one of these people that, that bought a, put several thousand dollars into a private label, what they thought was an opportunity, trying to learn Amazon, trying to launch a new product. They fell for some of the popular YouTube channels that are selling you know, the big popular courses, the pricey coaching and all of that. And as you've heard me say many times, if you listen to several episodes, 95% or more of the time when new sellers try to launch a new product on Amazon, they fail miserably and wind up with a garage full or a basement full of product they can't sell. Well, this happened to today's guest. Another time, this happened, it happened so much. But then he found our community, got the proven Amazon course, got some momentum. It hasn't been all sunshine and roses since then, but... He's definitely got onto a solid path and he's loving the coaching program. He's finding new opportunities. He's very transparent. There's been struggles. There's been challenges. He's made mistakes. He's bought some bad inventory that he shouldn't have bought. He's shared publicly in our Facebook group, which you can join for free at silentgym.com, which has passed 70,000 members. That's pretty amazing. But he's posted very transparently in there some of the challenges he's faced. Got some great advice and feedback from the community. He expresses a great deal of love and admiration for this community. And it's probably too late for you for you to attend by the time you hear this episode, but our live conference, our live annual conference in Louisville, Kentucky, theprovenconference.com is a website, August 12th through 14th, 2022. Like I said, probably too late, but he's planning on attending that. Obviously, we recorded this before the conference. So you're going to hear us talk a little bit about that. But I strongly encouraged him, even after we ended the recording, we talked a little bit about the best way that he could take advantage of the relationships he's establishing in this community. I encouraged him, you know, get to know some of the people who are building businesses, build relationships, get yourself into uh, a mastermind group or, you know, just a circle of friends that have a Zoom meeting once a week or a couple times a week, encourage each other, answer each other's questions and, and spur each other forward with encouragement. It's a very valuable thing you can draw from this community. And if you're not doing that, if you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to do all this by yourself, why are you trying to do it alone? So much easier if you get some people to come along. Sure, you could go into our coaching program and you could pay one of our very experienced, successful students who's now become a coach and they can help you out on your journey. But you can also just connect and make relationships as well and spur each other on that way. Long-term, lifelong relationships. 
And to tell you a little secret, a lot of times when coaching students connect with coaches, they form lifelong relationships and end up doing all kinds of great stuff together. We love to see that happen too, of course. But we've got over 60 coaches now and they've built great relationships with many, many people. But let's get back to the topic at hand. So uh, today's guest was actually even suspended from Amazon not too long ago. Ooh, a big scary suspension, right? Run away screaming and hide the small children. It's awful. No, it's not a big deal. Scary when it happens, but 95% plus of the time, you've heard us say many times, you get reinstated with the help of a pro, someone who knows what they're doing. You're back up and running in a few days or a few weeks. That happened to today's guest. He tells the story. He was scared. It all resolved. I'll take the scary part out of the story. I'll tell you the ending of the movie. He got back in business pretty quick. And like I said, when I started talking, he did a $53,000 rolling 30 days recently at 26% net margin with all kinds of new opportunities on the horizon. So very excited to meet a guy who operated big machinery for a living up until a few months ago. And now he is an Amazon seller full-time at home with his wife and family nearby. Another dad that got to come home. We love hearing those stories. So let's jump over, get Mr. Randy Crawl on the line. So Randy, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's great to meet you as well. Yeah, we've never spoken before now. And I, I could have a lot of fun doing these episodes, man. So thanks for agreeing to do this. I really enjoy it. I think the listeners benefit as well. But let's jump right into your story, man. I want to hear it. Absolutely. So 2019, December, I uh, came across an Instagram ad for a private label webinar. So my wife was... In, in my living room with me, when I came across it, I said, do you mind if I take this? It's going to be a thousand bucks. And she said, if you, you think it's going to help, go for it. And I didn't even know what it was about, but I was willing to take a chance. I knew that I'd been reading about e-commerce. There's a lot of opportunity there. So uh, I kind of went down that road. And then I realized that I was going to need some help with private label. It's not really my background or anything in e-commerce for that matter. So brought a, a friend of mine, uh, Tom, that I knew could add a lot of value. And uh, we started the private label uh, model and quickly uh, got into pretty much what we hear you talk about a lot, where we got over our heads, we got duped by some manufacturers, and now I still have quite a bit of inventory from twenty beginning of 2020 in my warehouse. Please uh, tell me, I was going to say, please tell me it's not in your garage and your wife's mad at you and can't press your car. To be honest with you, it just came out of my basement two days ago. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. And, and for those who don't know what Randy just described, and, and I didn't know this part of your story, you know, when we reached out, the reason I reach out to most of our guests for the listener's sake is they post an exciting success post in our Facebook group. And I reach out and say, hey, that's great. And we get to know each other a little bit. And I say, well, how about you come share your story? Right. So I, I don't know the background other than, hey, you know, they're doing some cool stuff. But so many times we've heard exactly what you said, Randy, where they, the private label, the PL model, launch a new brand on Amazon, those courses cost them between a thousand and eight thousand dollars. Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people have gone into that rabbit hole. And from my experience, over 12 years of teaching e commerce and Amazon success, 95 plus percent of the time, it's stories just like yours, Randy, except in your case, it sounds like you still have a happy marriage. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Praise God for that. I mean, because yeah. it can be a seriously huge disaster and uh, you still got some inventory paying the price for, for... Now, we love private label, but we don't love starting new sellers there. It's just, it's not a good mix. So, all right, I'll let you continue, but I, I, I want to make sure we didn't leave anyone behind on I'll, why you were saying the thing. I'll definitely uh, 
share some info that will hopefully uh, inspire people to go a safer route. So um, basically, we got into the private label and, you know, we built some rapport with a manufacturer. We thought everything was going great. We ordered a ton of inventory to find out that basically the product that we had bought uh, didn't do what we were told it would. So we couldn't sell it at all. We're not going to try to sell something that we don't stand behind. Mm, so thank God um, I put everything on my credit card and I was able to do a dispute with Chase and got about 18,000 out of 22,000 back. Wow. Was this a Chinese manufacturer or? It was, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's man, that is such the, sorry, dude, but you're kind of a cliche in this industry. I know. Yeah, no, I know. And honestly, <laughs> I've heard that story so many times now, and it's just sad and tragic. I think I've got the working title for this episode in my head already. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that, man. An expensive yeah. lesson, but it sounds like you got a big chunk of that cash back. That's nice. Yeah, we, you know, we took a small loss, learned a big lesson, moved on, wound up still continuing with private label. We wound up doing a, a different product. And what we wound up doing was finding a local, I guess, technically, they were calling themselves the manufacturer, but they were doing the same. They just had a better relationship with the manufacturer in China. So we said, look, you know, let's take some of our risk out. These guys know what they're doing. They're already sourcing for you know many years with them. So we paid a little bit more, but it was out of convenience. And then we just kept moving on with private label and uh, through 2020. And we wound up selling, it was, it was a infrared, a non-contact infrared thermometer, like a forehead thermometer. And obviously they were exploding on Amazon during that time. So uh, everything was moving really well with that. We were doing, you know, reasonably good sales for having a no-name brand product um, launching on Amazon. And, and then we got jammed up with inventory. We couldn't get it because of the, the Chinese New Year happened. And then the manufacturer just kept telling us it was delaying. So Unfortunately, what happened is by the time we actually received a shipment we paid in full for, the Amazon had told us that they were looking for a specific letter from the FDA to be able to sell it on their platform. Right. Uh, Anything in the PPE arena at all just got put under a microscope and picked apart to where there was only like three people allowed to sell. Exactly. Anything that had anything to do with health or... right. Yeah, yep. lot, that they put the grind to a lot of businesses in that in that uh, window of time, about a year there. And they totally should have been. I mean, there was obviously people probably capitalizing and, and price gouging in that in those categories. So we understood. And, yeah, inferior product, you know, just slamming the market. Yeah, it, Amazon was in a rough spot. As were the legitimate sellers. It was it was a crazy time. Yep. So what wound up happening is that um, we asked the manufacturer you know, for the letter that they were requesting. And they said it was going to be $4,000. And we said, this sounds crazy. I looked it up on that FDA website. It was a 200 and something dollar filing fee, but we couldn't file it because we weren't the manufacturer. So we were kind of in a jam there. And I made the decision to just stop selling that product at that point. So, uh, because what was going to happen in my, my theory was they were going to charge us 4,000. They were going to charge everybody else 4,000. They were going to just share the same letter with everyone and just take everyone's money. So I didn't want them to win that way. I didn't think it was fair and right. So we just stopped selling that. So now I have a bunch of those as well, still in my warehouse. And then kind of, then fast forward about a year. So then it was about January, 2020. I had been listening to um, the podcast because I had been working full time in New York city commuting. So I found the SSM podcast and had been spending a lot of time in the car listening. 
And then uh, I was hearing a lot about the replens and I'm like, you know what, this model sounds very, you know, foolproof. There's not a lot of risk. And um, I think it's something we should, we should, you know, in, investigate and, and look at closer. So how, how long was your commute? I'm just curious, Randy. So I'd leave my house at four in the morning to for a seven o'clock start because I was avoiding traffic. Because if I left later, I at would five, stay. it took you till nine to get there. Yep. So wow, I would leave four at four, and then usually I'd get there by like five thirty-six. I'd take a little cat nap in the car before the job would start, and then we'd go to work. And then on the way home, leaving at three thirty, it's easily three hours on Fridays. Four. No yep. way. And if you get I can't this, imagine it. I mean, God bless you as a as a husband, as a dad. You got kids? I can't remember. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. husband, dad, doing what you got to do. Yeah, God my amazing wife, uh, Katie, also. She's a kindergarten teacher. And then we have yeah. two awesome kids. Uh, my son, Cody, is almost two and a half. And our newest rider is about five months. Five months old. Are right, so you guys sleeping yet? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so we got, we got the tired version of Randy today. Yeah, well, no, we, dude, we, God bless you guys. It sounds beautiful. But the point I was making is that's a lot of commute time. Yeah, and you know what? You're listening to this podcast, you said. Yeah, we. I got a lot of great hours of listening, you know, between the podcast and then other books, um, you know, just motivating books and stuff awesome. for, for guidance. So, yeah. you know, I have to say that that was the silver lining of the of the commute was I was getting a lot of great information and, and changing my mindset while sitting in traffic. So it wasn't totally a bad thing, but just as the business grew and my family grew, it became really difficult to juggle the truck, the commuting, the working and Amazon. What was your real job before you started having fun with your business? <laughs> um, so I was a heavy equipment operator. Basically, I was digging holes in New York City with uh, an excavator. Really? Yeah. Like but putting most, up new constructions kind of thing? Mostly working at the airports, LaGuardia, JFK, all the big projects. I was, I was on a lot of them. Yeah. I've always just had an admiration for, you know, it, I've always wanted to try that. You know, you get, you're controlling this 30 ton machine with this little panel of buttons mm-hmm. and levers, man. It's just fast. He has a guy, you know, played with the trucks as a kid and stuff. Yeah, it's super fun. Oh, it sounds like it, man. How could it not be? But nothing beats being home with your wife and kids nearby, huh? Yeah. I mean, that, you know, when I started staying home more and working on the business and, you know, I would get laid off from work. That's the nature of the construction business. The job would end, they'd send you home and you'd wait for a new job. So, you know, those opportunities would allow me to work more on Amazon business. But then I did start realizing I'm like, man, I'm really spending a full quarter of my day in the car. And that's so much time, which is really obviously where it's our most valuable asset. We can't get it back. It's priceless. And now with the new growing family, it's the most important thing to me is to be able to, you know, spend more of it with them as opposed to being in my car. So I realized that, you know, there had to be a change that wasn't a sustainable living to, to commute like that. And then we wound up moving even further away from the city. So my commute was about 80 miles each way. It was getting really tough. Oh, I can't imagine. And then you had me dropping every few episodes that bring dads home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it totally inspired me. There was it's just, it, success story after success story. And it just was like, I can do this too. Like, I, I totally can do this. And, and that was part of, you know, my transition was I needed, I've been involved in other businesses. I needed something that I could grow and the, you know, the success relied a hundred percent on my 
efforts. And that was when I realized that that was what Amazon is. I was like, this is exactly where I need to be because there's, you know, I'm the one and I'm a one man show. I am starting to try to put some systems in place. I still need some help with that stuff, but you know, I, I can see the path at this point, which gets me really excited. And, um, and you know, we're, this is the grind right now. This is all the, you know, putting in the time and, you know, long days, I'm still spending almost that same amount of time that I was commuting and working, but in my office, working for my business and growing my family, you know, business for it, that's going to provide for my family. So it feels so much more fulfilling, honestly, than to be just getting a paycheck, even though it was a good paycheck, yeah. but I'm making somebody else a ton of money when I should just be focusing on building my own business. Let me ask you a question. I like asking the guys uh, or, or ladies, it's irrelevant, you know, who it is, but it, when you made that transition from getting in the car, going to an office, spending the day doing what you do, getting in the car, coming home, you know, that the length of how long a day felt doing that versus how long a day feels now. Did it change significantly? You know, the biggest change is that, you know, on Sunday, I'm bummed. I know my week starting and I got these long commutes. Now it's like, I'm excited to go to the office and keep building my business. And, yes. you know, that's, that was the biggest thing that I recognized quickly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that just, you know, just the fact that I'm working on what I own and not excited to do it's, it's, it's a much more fulfilling. I feel like I I do feel like a completely different person. I'm not just in the hamster wheel Mm -hmm. commuting. I actually, it's a funny, like little joke I have with one of my buddies. He lives out of state and he calls me all the time. Usually when I was commuting and he's, his question with me would always be like, are you racing? Like rat racing? Cause it's the rat race in New York city. And I'd be like, yep. And he's like, are you winning? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't think so. Not sure. <laughs> so, uh, so we don't, we don't have that joke anymore, but, uh, we have yeah. you know, the rat race. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, one of the, because the reason I asked that question, I absolutely remember that Sunday night feeling it, it, it would hit somewhere between 6 PM and 10 PM. Just that gut, like, Weekend's over, yep. man. I got five days of doing what I don't want to do, but I, but I got to do it, and I'm going to. Man, I don't want to. There's got to be something else, and I remember that feeling very well. But I also remember once I jumped into my own thing, the days flew by, like another week. What? What just happened? You know. And when I had the work, it was like, is this still Monday? Like the last 15 times I checked, it was Monday, and it's still Monday. Yep. <laughs> and now it's like. Yesterday was Monday, right? No, it's Saturday already. Like what happened to that week? Because it just, there's, you know, things fill up your day and you're having fun doing it and it's so much more fulfilling, but not to rub it in, Randy. I mean, you and I are in a different different phase of life, but seriously, anytime I bring this topic up, we're not saying this to beat anybody up. If you're doing what it takes to, to provide for your family, God bless you, man, keep doing it. But in the back of your mind, be, I love you introduced mindset, Randy. You've got to change your mind before you can change your path and then start stepping very slowly into these things that you hear us talking about with whatever spare time you do have. You know, if it means giving up Netflix or dropping one of those video game hobbies you got or whatever, but start building something. All right. So Randy, let's get back to the business, man. I remember that you posted a success story. I don't remember what it was exactly, but let's start heading in that direction, man. So you, you failed a little bit with private label, learned some lessons, then you made some money with it, but it was still a, a grind. You got a bunch of product in your garage. Then you start doing replans. So beginning of 2021 is when, I think it was January is when I signed up for the provenamazoncourse.com 
I think it was $30 a month and started looking at that content within the first month. I realized, you know what, this is, there's so much here and it's, and it's really exciting to, to try to start watching all this, but I feel like it would be great to have somebody come in and, and help me guide me, which content I should focus on and, and just give me some more insight. So we wound up getting um, a replens coach. And so we started doing replens, a lot of RA. Uh, I realized very fast that it's great for, there's a lot of pros and cons with RA. I feel like the pros are that, you know, you can't always source as many products online as you can. If you walk in the store, it's on the shelf. You can put it in your cart and walk away. But then I started realizing uh, I'm driving all over Long Island. There's tons of traffic all hours of the day, no matter what. And it just, between the driving, the sourcing, the prepping, it was becoming a lot while I was still working full time. So I started thinking, I, I also had been saved, I, right before I kind of jumped into Amazon, I had been doing some, some house flipping and real estate investing. So I was saving some money and I knew that I was going to try to make another change. And, um, but I was in the middle of building a house and stuff. So I had to stay working full time for the W2 income and then also try to keep building the Amazon business. So I would say it was about maybe a month or two. So maybe getting into March was talking with my coach about replans and telling him kind of what my goals were. And he started suggesting that he thinks I should transition to a wholesale coach and kind of go that route. So we did that. And my first son was born the same month we did that transition. And I was in the middle of finishing building this house. I had so much going on. I, I just couldn't embrace all the information that that coach had been providing to me. And I kind of just stopped doing replans and I, I, when I could, I would do it. So we basically got to about November of 2021. I think I did a total of about 38,000 in sales for the year with replans, which was still pretty good doing it very, very part-time. Right. But then you guys had launched a uh, in-person wholesale training uh, in Arizona. So I quickly signed up for that. Yep, with Rich Potter. And uh, that was, there was so many reasons to that going to that helped me. I mean, I'm a very hands-on learner. You know, having a coach available through Zoom is great. But being in person is just totally different for me. It just really lets me grasp onto what I'm trying to, the knowledge I'm trying to absorb. So that was, I think, uh, the first or second week of December, I went to that. So it was great getting out of New York, the cold weather, went to Arizona, spent time with Rich and his team. They were amazing. The, the group I was with were also really great people that were at different levels too, which was nice because there were some people that I had more experience of. There were people that had more experience than I did. So it was a really good dynamic and a lot of great questions from everybody and, and just the whole operation that he had going there worked well for me. And that was where it really set me off. Like I was like, this is definitely where I need to focus right now. So another thing that kind of happened, I came back from, from that trip and I got laid off the day before Christmas. I was kind of expecting it. It wasn't a huge surprise. I knew the job was ending, but I went on vacation with my family to uh, Florida to see my, my mother. And then when I came back, I went to, to New York City to try to get a job to you know go back to work full time. And they wouldn't let me work because I wasn't vaccinated yet. So I had waited because I just 
I wasn't around people. When I'm in a machine in the city, I'm not around anybody. I'm in a car commuting. I'm not around anybody. And then when I'm home, we're spending our time in our yard. Like we don't really see too many people. So I just felt like it just wasn't good timing for me to do that. So after two months, I wound up getting vaccinated because I needed to go back to work. They weren't letting me work. So I went back to work. And at that point, I realized I've made so much progress with the business. Going back to work full time was like kind of counterproductive. And yeah. um, you had a hard time probably getting your heart back into it, knowing what was possible over on the other side. Absolutely. I definitely had a glimpse of the potential at that point. So I reached out to you guys and I think I was one of the original people that got one of the V8s. So I think my V8s started in March. program too. Yep. Awesome. So March, March is where things really changed. I, uh, yep. March, uh, 2022. Yeah. Just earlier this year, here we are in uh, August of 2022. So let me just fill in a couple of gaps for, for people who don't know. We've got a program that uh, we've, we do it once every few months and it kind of fills up a small group and they, we actually go out to Arizona and hang out with Rich and his team and they can see a replens operation running at scale. You're in the warehouse, you see the products, you see the team, you see it running a multiple million dollar business just to kind of show you what's possible at scale. And then they step you through the whole thing. Some people really enjoy that experience. Like it sounds like Randy did. And yet contact our coaching office. There's a link at Jim Cochran coaching or go to silentgym.com to see the link to our coaching office. And uh, we'll talk to you about that. Or you're getting ready to talk about the, the PRV program. We call it provenreplensva.com where we train, bet, and prepare a virtual assistant who works for about $4 an hour to find profitable inventory for you. Sounds like that's what Randy jumped into. Pretty early on, back in March, I think we started that program. Like it was started ramping up in January, February, and then March is when we kind of rolled it out big. And so you would have been one of the first. I think we've had about three hundred clients at this point as we're recording. So you'd been one of the first guys kind of jumping in on that. I'd love to hear how it went and where you're at. So this is where it does get exciting. I think that I mean, first of all, I think my VA, especially now with a little bit of additional keep a training that I've provided and just a little, you know, not too much, honestly, but a little bit of training here and there along the way since March, there's not a chance I could source better than her. She's definitely way better and it's amazing. And, you know, just to give you an idea and the listeners an idea, I mean, I look at what she does on a, on a daily basis, but every, at the end of every week I go back and I just run on the, on my Excel sheet what did she potentially make me in profit per day based on if I could actually buy everything? And a lot of times it's like a thousand dollars a day in profit, but (laughs) we also run into a lot of different, you know, obstacles. Of course, when we're sourcing OA, we're running into quantity um, restrictions. We're running into OA, of course, being online sourcing instead of driving around that you said Long Island, right? Yep. You're looking for hitting the store. You're shopping online. Interesting set of restrictions there. Sometimes you don't get what you ordered, or there's delays, or a box gets crushed in transit, or you know expiration dates. You know, there's other little things to consider, but the convenience can't be beat. So you're paying someone four bucks an hour in the Philippines that we trained, and they're finding these great replans. And you you tweaked the training a little bit based on what you needed, and and a thousand dollars. If you were able to go out and buy everything that they were providing, it's a thousand dollars a day of of, profit. of pro, net profit. Yes. Wow. That's so, amazing. That's a, that's outstanding. That's a pretty good system, man. I mean, running the levers on a big machine is fun, but this sounds like a sounds like a lot more fun to me. <laughs> it's it's really exciting. I mean, 
the point on that is that I can't buy SaaS enough. I've had some some people in the group private message me about like my the way I was scaling, and they had given me some you know basically some tips like just be careful, don't run out of cash flow. I've seen businesses crash and burn the way you're scaling, so I'll, I will get back into that and and touch on that just to yeah, see we can talk what, through it for sure. All my resolution because there's some creative funding solutions that are customized. Have you talked to two companies come to mind, Acrumi and Seven Figure Funding? Have you talked to either one of them or both? I did. Uh, you know what? I think I got Payoneer off of one of the podcasts and I looked into them. But um, Payoneer provides a different service. They get you your money a little faster and keep okay. a percent, right? Basically. Okay. That's basically their function. And they may do some funding too. Uh, I'm not as familiar with that. But the two funding solutions I'm very excited for are Accrumi and Seven Figure Funding. Slightly different models. And not to dive too deep into it, but like Accrumi, for example, what they'll do is they'll say, how much inventory do you have? All right, we're going to give you a chunk of money based on that. Your inventory is your collateral. And then as your business grows, we own a percentage of it. You're not paying any interest, right? There's no payments due at any period of time. They just own a percentage of your business. So they really only win if you grow. Interesting. If you don't grow, you just give them back their money at some point, right? If you do grow, they get paid. So they have an incentive to help you grow. And there's a pool of cash there for you to use. So you're not running out of cash waiting on that check from Amazon, waiting for your inventory to turn, right? So it smooths out the up and down of the of the cash flow. It just kind of makes it a little bit of a linear experience. So you can scale a lot faster. It makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like having, when I interviewed them, I don't know if you heard this episode, you should go back and catch it. I'll stick it in the show notes, the Akrumi episode. But I said, it's kind of like having a really rich uncle who just says, how much money you need? A couple hundred grand? Okay, here you go. Turn it into 220 and give it back to me sometime. Take your time, right? It's kind of that, right? That model of which is a really cool model, and and what's cool for me, Randy, is I'm telling the story of the way they fund this industry. It's just more evidence of the validity of this opportunity. They love funding replens business builders, private label. They get a little nervous about right because that, like you've already said, you know, you can spend a lot of money fast and have a garage full of inventory to show for it. Not with replens. Once you know what you're doing, you're taking pretty safe bets. Uh, and if you're watching your numbers, it's hard to hard to mess it up, right? So yeah, give give them a shout. And uh, like I said for the for the listener, I'm going to stick a note to a crew me so you can go check out that episode and see what they do if you're trying to scale. So sure. hopefully that's useful for you. Absolutely. So I kind of want to talk about a couple of road bumps that I hit um, to sure. hopefully prevent anybody else from doing the same. I have posted, I think, about both of them in this the Facebook group. Yeah. So the first one was. It was in, let's say it was in March. No, not March. I'm sorry. It was in like the end of April to May. So basically got the VA going. We were doing, she was doing great sourcing for me. I was doing buying. Company started scaling. I think February, my sales were about 3,700. And then once the, once I had my VA help sourcing, that following month, we did 16,790. So we grew quick um, with her her help. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a leap. And then uh, and then we wound up, I guess the following month, we did 22,000. So we still grew, just not quite as, as much. And then I got deactivated. And the deactivation was, was really um, interesting because I had been seeing the notification on Seller Central about your account being at risk. And I really didn't, you know, I had never experienced what, why that happened, how it happened. 
So I just, you know, clicked it and tried to go through it to resolve the issue. Well, I, I caused the deactivation. I triggered it with my response to what they were, you know, what the issue was. I think if I didn't even respond to it, I don't know what would eventually happened. Maybe they would have deactivated it. But basically what happened is one of the products that we sourced was from Walmart Marketplace, and it was a third-party seller on Walmart. They were making counterfeit products, and that brand had filed a complaint, an IP complaint for counterfeit. There was no way for them to prove it. There was no way for me to prove it. I had a receipt from Walmart. I had submitted it. But my acknowledgement to Amazon saying that, yes, I'm selling it and I'll take it down immediately. They're like, okay, you, you admitted you're selling it. Your account is now deactivated. It was, it was suspended for, I believe, like 34 days, about a little, maybe three quarters of the way through the suspension. I had reached out in the group, asked for help because I didn't know what to do. And I got linked up with um, Scott. I forget his last name. I think Scott Magulius. Yes. Yeah. So he was great. He helped me out a lot. Um, he was actually kind of impressed how far I had already gotten with my my appeals. So he was great. He stepped in, you know, re- revised everything I was doing, and you know, we got to the end of it. And sure enough, luckily, got that deactivation lifted. And back the first month, you know, I think the first day I did over a thousand in sales, which probably was one of my first days even doing that. And then did about a $20,000 a month once we, once that deactivation was lifted. So Good for you, man, and let me just fill in a couple, couple gaps for the listener. If you've been around a while, you've heard me say these things before, but suspensions, yeah, they happen. Are they permanent? Almost never, <laughs> almost never. Even if in this case, and you were selling counterfeit goods. You didn't even realize it. A lot of times when people hear counterfeit, they think that you're doing it on purpose. You can. We sold a counterfeit item through our account at one point and discovered like, wow, really? We thought we got that from a legitimate source. No, it was counterfeit. So we had to go through the steps. But you get a good guy like Scott or Jeff Schick. He'll be at our proven conference as well. Both those guys are going to be at our conference, which will have already happened by the time this episode's released. Uh, August 12th through 14th, theprovenconference.com. You can still get the videos. Both those guys are presenters. And they're kind of the two, from my vantage point, two of the leaders in the industry that can help you prevent your account from getting suspended. But if it does happen, get it back again. And the industry average that I've heard from guys like that and from Amazon itself is way over 95% of the time, if you get suspended, it is temporary and you get your account back. But you still got to do the things they want you to do. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be nervous about it. Don't be frightened. I'm sure if we talked about the emotional state you were in for those first 48 hours, it was pretty dicey, right? It's like, it's time to have a real talk with the wife. Just how scary is this, right? But now that you've been through it and were we supportive in the process and the group? I don't remember it. You know, it pops up from time to time. But I mean, did you get some good advice and some comfort did we happen yeah. to correspond at that time? Because a lot of times people will ping me when these things yeah, happen too. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I think, I don't know if I DM'd you or tagged you in, in the post, but um, you had responded recommending to reach out to Scott. Good. So that's where, that's how I, I got linked with Scott. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as like support, I mean, no matter what we post in that group, it's incredible how many people respond. I mean, I'm trying to be better. I'm not a big social media guy, but I'm trying to, pretty much the only reason I'm on Facebook is that group. Um, I've heard that a thousand times too. It's it's a great group. And I would pretty much say the same thing. Although for some mysterious reason, Facebook gave me this blue check here a couple months ago next to my name. And uh, and now it seems like any thread I get into, like 
I just get a lot of attention. So I'm using that as kind of a marketing tool now. It's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I, if I could throw Facebook out the window and never need it again, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But it is a, that free Facebook group. We just passed 70,000 members. There's a link at silentgym.com. Jump in there. We're very picky about who we let in. We kick spammers out with no remorse. <laughs> we boot them long and far. And so it's just a bunch of really good business builders who are in there, you know, trying to build businesses. Cooperation, cooperation. That's what Nathan says, our coaching director. Cooperation. Like we're all in the same business, but we don't see each other as competitors. We're cooperative competitors, basically playing in the same arena, teaching each other what works without saying, hey, everybody, let's all go sell the exact same widget. Well, you can't do that. So, yeah, well done, man. You got through it. And here we are. What that would, what months did you say that was? That was in, um, Pretty much May. May, June, yeah. Yeah, like April to May. So to uh, make things worse, as that suspension was active, I had already placed a very big order for furniture with a wholesale distributor. And the margins were incredible on this furniture. Amazon had not been on it. The margins were like 45%. The sell-through was going to be probably 40-something days so I did not take your advice and go inch deep, mile wide. I went as deep as I could go and uh, bought a lot, which there's a piece sitting right behind me still because I can't sell it all. <laughs> so, so that was like, it was like every worst scenario I felt like was happening to me. My account was suspended. I just took, it was a $25,000 furniture order and I could not send it into Amazon. They restricted my extra large restocking inventory the category for shipping so i had posted in the group about this and i i know i think you had messaged me saying you know normally i don't allow these type of posts but because i want some people to learn from your mistake i'm gonna let it go and really i did that to you huh (laughs) i do that more than people realize like hey there's a lesson here okay we'll make an exception it's a valuable lesson it really is and and it does go to show that sorry if you felt beat up no, you know, a no. good coach beats you up every once in a while, though, you know? Oh, listen, if I, if I told you the story of my, my younger working years, the people I've worked for, the, the abuse I've taken, it's, it makes you a stronger person. It's good for you. Thank you for having a good attitude about it. Yeah. Sometimes people get on a huff and they kind of go away when we, when we push back a little bit. But um, it's all in the best interest of the community, you know? 100%. But we're, we're trying to build a, a, a group that serves everyone, you know, without creating unnecessary drama or friction. And it, it, it's quite a, it's like hurting cats a little bit. So sometimes we make mistakes, but there's about 70 of us that moderate that group. And we, I think we do a fairly decent job of it. So, Absolutely. Um, but I'm glad we were able to help you out. So, so you posted, Hey, I bought all this furniture. Remind me what that was again. And, and Amazon's not letting us send, Amazon wouldn't let you send it in. Were they not letting you merchant fulfill it either? So I was able to merchant fulfill it, but they were owning the buy box and not sharing. And they're still doing it to this day. So right. to, to go back to the community for a second, the, once you allowed that, po- you, you know, you approved the post, I got tons of messages, people trying to help, which was amazing and just goes to show how supportive this community is and why I love it so much. More than a dozen people easily had messaged me right away saying, hey, let me know, what, you know, tell me how I can help. And my first question to everybody was, check your, your extra large restocking inventory limits. Because I had never sent anything in that was considered extra large. And to be honest with you, the smallest box weighed about, I think it weighs 45 pounds, but it's 36 inches long by 24 by six. So it's oversized. They're considering it in, when you go to, um, 
you know, your limits and on the shipping side of Seller Central, it says extra large. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, I have one unit in and I'm only allowed one unit and Amazon will not sell it. I dropped the price $100 less than Amazon. They will not sell it. I'm about to just buy it, I guess. I don't know what to do. Maybe if I buy it, they'll increase my limit to two and then I could buy two more of my own stuff. They won't give you the buy box. A customer could select it. But customer could select it. But they um, won't I, give you the buy box. No. And it's an FBA. It's one unit in FBA. Everything else I listed in FBM, um, which I don't really have much experience with, but I, you know, I knew that you know I don't have too many options. So I went to eBay. I went to I kind of explored Wayfair, just trying to think outside the box, but didn't really get in, involved. And then of course Facebook Marketplace, right? Um, and then FBM, but I have not sold one FBM, and I basically I sold um, almost half at almost cost in the past month on Facebook marketplace. So I kind of feel like, you know, it's not a total loss. I still have a lot of inventory I'm sitting on, unfortunately, but honestly, this became the blessing in disguise. This became the necessity for the warehouse, the office and the transition out of the job. I was like, I'm sitting on a lot of capital that I could be using to build the business. And now I'm stuck and I need to, I need to take this on and and just get involved and, put a hundred percent of my efforts into this because, you know, I'm in a jam now. So, um, that's what I did. I wound up uh, reaching out to a friend who I knew had some, some commercial space close to my house. You know, I'm only 15 minute commute now, which is amazing. Um, awesome. And he had plenty of space that he wasn't occupying. So it worked out and to go even one step further of how, you know, these crazy things just turn into another opportunity. He happens to own a franchise that's somewhat nationwide. And one of their products is a proprietary granola product that he approached me about being the brand representative for their company for, for Amazon. So now we've been in the process of developing their packaging and, um, you know, just, I just moved into their warehouse and now I'm going to manage their whole entire account for Amazon for, for granola. Selling through your account or theirs? Theirs. Beautiful. So you're doing the the PPP model too. Did you go through that training? I did not yet. You have to. You'll you'll love it. Jonathan's our coach now. Oh, Bricker. Nice. He's a neighbor of mine. I don't know if you knew that or not. He's from right here. uh, That's quite a story. But so, so, you know, you you take the good with the bad. I have, I still have some furniture, but I'm in this building that is, you know, creating new opportunities. And and there's more than that with just this company too. So it's, it's just great. And it's like I said, it became the blessing in disguise that I didn't expect. Yeah. Those little challenges, those little um, mountains in the rear view mirror, which are just molehills always, (laughs) you know, but they turn out to be such blessings because of the relationships and the lessons and, and you'll get you'll move this inventory at some point. I mean, because of this podcast episode, you may have someone reach out with some ideas. But have you tried running paid ads? I am okay against your just cranking up the per click and just seeing what happens. I spent around a hundred dollars on ad spend in a week, and they wouldn't give you the buy box. I got zero well, sales. The only way for you to lose any money with the ad is if you actually did have the buy box. Because they won't run the ad unless your product is in the buy box. Okay. Right? So you're, it's showing up. It may just be a slow mover. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, so that's, a good, that. that's a good tip to know. Yeah. So if you pay Amazon for paid ads against some of your inventory, one of the things a lot of replin sellers will do is just set up like a nickel ad, you know, five cents a click for their entire catalog of inventory. 
just to boost the algorithm a little bit, give them a little advantage, maybe over whatever else is showing up on the page. You know, they're up there with the sponsored listings and and it's very inexpensive. Set like a five or ten dollar day limit. I think there was we heard a few a few episodes ago. If you set your daily spend limit at thirty dollars a day, Amazon takes you more serious. Even though you'll never spend more than a few dollars, even with thousands of ASINs, if you set up nickel ads, you're going to spend five or ten bucks a day. Set your daily spend limit at thirty. But if you do notice you're paying Amazon for these ads, that means you are in the buy box because they will not run an ad, like I said earlier, unless you're the one that's in the buy box. Otherwise, your ad doesn't show. Okay. And it's a pretty tight system. I haven't heard of much delineation from that. So just an idea, just trying to, you know, because sometimes if you can get that first sale and tip the scale in your favor to where the, the algorithm kind of notices you, then you can kind of start to see something. But how's what's the keep a chart look like for that um, that Amazon. shelf? Amazon is the only only person in the buy box. But is it moving? They're moving inventory for sure. Has Amazon um, ever run out? Their quantity on uh, what is it, count stock or I forget what the tools on hand. Is. But um, yeah, basically nine hundred ninety nine plus. Yeah, they got a lot of it. Yeah. You know what? My instinct is they always run out eventually. If you got a place to store them, stop sweating it. Keep an eye on it. And uh, check in every month or so and just see, you know, did you see there's little gaps in the keep a chart where Amazon's running out of inventory? Then you'll just, you'll smoke through all of them in a week or two when they run out at some point. Well, the the challenge with the FBM though, and I guess the FBA also obviously is the the biggest thing that I learned besides just not going so deep on, on anything is that I didn't, I didn't even think honestly, and it's kind of embarrassing to, to admit this, but it's the truth. I didn't look at the weights and the dimensions of these products. And one of them, one of these boxes is a, is a TV console fireplace. It's a 120 pound package and yeah. it's 72 inches long. Yeah. I mean, it's, that was a huge mistake. I learned multiple lessons from that deal, mm-hmm. but you know, one thing I do like to talk say, and especially to, you know, people that I'm trying to talk to and motivate, there's a reason the rear view mirror is as small as, as it is and the windshield's as big as it is. So you just move <laughs> forward. You try not to think about and look at all the mistakes, but you learn from them and just move forward and keep going. Yeah, that's right, man. You gotta, you gotta be a, uh, what is it? The shortest memory of any animal. I think it's the goldfish. You gotta have a short memory of the mistakes you've made. Learn the lesson, but don't yep. dwell on it. And uh, I think Jim Rohn says you can focus on the loss or you can focus on the lesson. So focus on the lesson as quick as you can, you know, stay out, stay move forward moving. But that inventory will liquidate at some point. If you yeah. like if you got somewhere to set it, or someone may even contact you as a, as a result of this and and uh, make you a deal on it. Who knows? But yeah, inch deep, mile wide. That means diversify until you really know what you're doing. Go in nice and slow, diversify your inventory across a bunch of different nations. So if you do have to liquidate something, it's two or three or 10 units. It's not 180 units. It's not $25,000 worth of heavy stuff, right? So you're learning some valuable lessons, but all of this is going to eventually be a break even. You're going to get out from underneath this, maybe take a little hit. Um, but it sounds like you're getting into some exciting opportunities. Let's talk a little bit more. We mentioned PPP. Some people may not know what we meant what we meant by that. Proven product partnering is a module inside the Proven Amazon course. The collection of all of our Amazon training is the Proven Amazon course. One of those modules teaches you how to partner up with other businesses or brands and help them get launched and established and profitable on Amazon. And you get a percent, which is a great way to diversify 
your Amazon business model. So now Randy has his own account and he's getting paid a percent from another account. And I'm encouraging you, Randy, go through that module because there's a lot of things you haven't even thought to ask or set up yet, most likely, that uh, you'll really benefit as you guys go through this arrangement together. But what's that looking like? What's the reality of that arrangement? How far in are you? I mean, you know, there's nothing signed. And this is a very close friend of mine, grew up together. So, you know, he has no interest of shopping and finding another Amazon person to, to manage their account. But... You know, it's, it is it is tough. We're basically in package design phase and we're finishing. We probably will have a final rendering within the next week or two, but they're, they're a big growing company also. So this isn't their top priority. So mm-hmm. some of the, you know, there's, there's just been, it's just been kind of a slow going development. Sure. But they're starting to get excited now that they're seeing, you know, we've hired some fibrographic designers to get a couple of different um, designs and, and we're getting there. But then there's some challenges with with food products in general, which this is a food product. So now we're going to be up against, we're going to have an 11 month lead time on the expiration the second it hits Amazon. And we have to order 15,000 pounds of it as the minimum. So we, you know, we are going to be under a lot of pressure to make sure we start moving stuff. But, you know, we're definitely doing our homework to figure out, you know, the, the doing the keyword research. You know, it's essentially, you have to have some private label background to, to, in my opinion, to be able to be successfully quick with this. So we do have that, which is great. And, um, and I keep saying we, when I, we first started talking, I have a friend of mine that I brought into the private label. His name's Tom, and he is coming with me also to the the conference, but he, so basically I work on wholesale myself. Tom is involved um, with private label and the um, proven partnering. So that's who I'm referring to, but basically um, I think it's going to be a very successful venture. We know that it's a long-term thing. I've kind of set some expectations on sales for them so that, you know, it's just, there's other granola companies that are kind of an artisanal granola and they're doing very, very well. But, you know, Jonathan's been very good. Our coach, Jonathan, has been very good at also kind of identifying who our competition is and how to set the expectations for our, our client. But I know that I definitely have a lot to learn. I have to watch that module. Um, I have to absorb everything that Jonathan's teaching us. And I know we will have success with this. And this is going to open a lot of doors. I really like this. This model is very safe. If you know what you're doing, you can be a very valuable asset to a, a brand and a company, and you don't have to spend any of your money. It's just exactly your time. right. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. That's the next thing I was going to point out is you're basically making a zero risk proposition to these companies to true win win with no upfront cost. Yeah. Although sometimes we do see in the PPP model, you'll say, "Hey, I need I need you know five thousand dollars upfront to get everything set up." But your first few gigs, like, hey, it's not going to cost you anything. I just want a piece of what I'm about to build here. And um, you do the research, do the work. And I'd be neglectful if I didn't point out the fact that Humminbird could be an asset for you or anyone else who's talking about this. Let's take a link in the show notes. It's a company I have a vested interest in. It's run by my longtime coaching director, Nathan Bailey. And we've got a team of virtual assistants, graphic designers, keyword research, bullet points, A-plus content, videos, you know, all the advantages that you can get launching a brand. We've, we've launched some big boy brands out of Humminbird, seen some crazy success stories. Uh, but that's not for newbies. That's not for new sellers. It's not a magic button for people who are saying, I want to launch a brand. I'm going to call Humminbird and launch a brand. No, you need to learn the basics. You need to stub your toe and bump your head in the dark a little bit and figure out the game like Randy's done. 
Uh, and then you can start to experiment with some of those things. But we like to see people putting money in the bank as they learn these skill sets versus coming in cold and putting a bunch of money at risk. That's great, man. You've learned a lot of lessons and, and taught us uh, several really cool things today, buddy. I, lo- I love the challenge of your story. And it sounds like you're into something pretty awesome. What's your goal for this year? Like what numbers are you shooting for for 2022? What do you think? Uh, I was my goal when I when I started, when I basically in like February, I, I set a goal for 100,000. Um, year to date right now, we're at 126. So we've exceeded that. Our past, our 30-day running sales is 53,000 on at, with 20.98% profit margin. And that profit margin was more like 26, but I found some inventory that I had been sitting on and, and I kind of dropped the price and that's what started bringing my profit margin down. But still anything, I mean, 20%, I'm super happy with that. It's an incredible margin in my opinion for a business. So. Absolutely it is. You're putting 13, 14 in the bank, thousand in the bank right now with a business model, right? That's uh, that you've built. And that's awesome, dude. Sky's just a limit. few months, yeah. Upward trajectory. Um, yeah. And, and you've really, really been going at it since, you know, here we are in August, since about March, you know, here a few months ago. That's when you and you were suspended for a full 30 days in there. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're an inspirational story, but I think a lot of people are going to be encouraged by this. Did you have anything else on your list that you wanted to go over? I know you'd made a few notes, I think, beforehand. Did we hit everything that you that you wanted to go into today? I've, I've still um, have plenty of time if you do. Yeah, I do. Um, I just, uh, a couple of things we could talk about. One, so my VA found, you know, she, besides the product sourcing that she does, she also emails, you know, brands and, and distributors trying to open wholesale accounts for us. So one of the, you know, I basically review her emails and anybody I see that has interest in, in the email she sent, I respond to and try to, you know, get in touch with personally. I'll call them. You know, I don't, I'm not afraid to make a phone call and hear no, it's fine. But I at least try to get my pitch out to them and tell them how I could add value to their business. And a lot of times I hear, well, I've had 80 guys a day call me like you. All right, no problem. Well, I just was hoping to help you and no problem. We'll, we'll, I'll check back with you another time. But the first wholesale account I actually secured, I became the second authorized distributor for. I'm so excited. And she, she set the emails up. I just responded. I called the guy directly. And I got an opportunity because he was actually from the same area as me. And we just kind of connected and we built some rapport. And he's like, you know what? I get tons of calls, but I just want to give you a shot. So we did. My minimum order quantity was 5,000, a little bit more than I wanted to go in with these guys. But I felt like, listen, I mean, I'm the only other guy that's allowed to sell it. The products look great. The margins were great. Okay, I'll take my risk with the 5,000. Well, since then, I have sold a couple dozen of their products. And I just had a meeting with them last week because I screenshotted all the keep charts on all the SKUs that I was selling on. And I sent them to this guy and I said, listen, you see what's happening here, right? You're putting 20 sellers on these products now and they're tanking the price. I said, why is this going on? Why are you guys doing this? The price has been consistent for a year. No issues. Multiple sellers on it, on some of them. And they're basically saying that they're struggling. They have one major distributor. That's their only guy besides me that they've authorized on their bigger SKUs. And they tell me that they're trying to get these sellers off. They don't really understand what's going on. Fortunately, I'm not going to take a loss on this stuff. It is a product that has expirations, but they have offered because of my commitment to them. I showed them that I was doing, I had quarterly ad spend set up for their, for their brand. I don't know. I was, 
I was losing a hundred dollars a week and I had spent, and I, I don't know, I think they're moving product. I mean, the Keepa shows that they're definitely moving product, but I wasn't getting any of the sales. So I'm not sure what was happening with the ad spend, but they're offering to buy two of the four SKUs that I'm on back. And I offered to keep the other two because I think with the, the season coming up with fall, one of them's like a pumpkin product. So I feel like I can move it and do some ad spend and, and get it gone. But I just thought that, you know, they kind of respected that I stuck with them. I made a big order right up front. And although I didn't move as much as the product as we both had hoped, you know, they're, they're letting, they're giving me about half of my money back and taking the product back. So that was kind of disheartening though, because it was my, it is my first and my only real wholesale account. I still need to get in more involved with wholesale, but again, like just, just, I get so much on my plate with the, with the proven partnering and now the wholesale, you know, the, the OA business slash wholesale business scaling, it's a lot managing the wholesale and, and the OA and then trying to learn and, and grow the brand management side. It is a lot of work. I need help. I need systems. I need to get to that point. That's why I'm really, I'm excited about the conference. I feel like I'm going to meet people that could give me insight on how to pivot and get to the, you know, get to a more comfortable position. I feel a little restricted with the amount of knowledge I could absorb in a short period of time to be successful and, you know, keep my commitments and keep my company growing. But that's the keeper thing is just, it's just so crazy how you can watch listing after listing. You see the sellers go up and you see the price tank listing after listing. I don't know why I feel like those are just unexperienced sellers because you don't have to do that. So yeah, there, yeah, there's, there's certainly frustration there. And the, the misconception among a lot of sellers is, and I have a few thoughts based on everything you just said, but uh, we'll start here. The misconception is if I'm the lowest price, I'm going to get the most sales. With Amazon, the buy box rotates. You can be five or 10% above the next guy and you're going to get not only a better margin, but almost the same amount of sales, if not just as many, if there's a lot of sellers. But so many sellers don't understand that. So you know they set their repricer and it just kind of races down. But what inevitably happens are those ones that were, they're good for a while and they kind of race down. If you revisit them a month or two later, everybody who was n- not making any money and got frustrated and got out of it, they're gone now. And so here it comes again, back to stability. So it's kind of the cycle of pricing. If you hang out long enough, revisit these SKUs, you're going to notice that pattern where they do bounce back into profitable territory for you. And another great thing that you can be looking at is creating your own bundles. You're very qualified to do that. Another module inside the Proven Amazon course that used to sell independently. Same thing with the uh, provenproductpartnering.com. That's inside the pack now. It's inside the collection modules. There's another one called provenbrandbuilding.com recently added into the pack and it helps you create branded bundles with other people's brands. So if you notice some of these brands like this wholesaler, and this is one of the other points I wanted to make is the reason they gave you back that money is because you'd build a relationship. There's a there's an exchange of trust back and forth. And you guys are kind of in this together and there's that perception like, hey, let's do this together. They're going to say, yeah, sure, create some unique bundles. We'll give you permission to do that. But then when you create these bundles, the thing you'll learn in that provenbrandbuilding.com class is how to distinguish it so that no other seller can sell that bundle. So it's two or three of their most popular products bundled together along with maybe it's an official you know, magnet or something that enhances or you know, adds value to that bundle, but no one else can get their hands on it. Throw a few ads at that. 
get it into the mix of having some success. And now you've got a product that no one else can sell against, right? You've got an ASIN that you own, something worth looking at. And the other piece of advice I wanted to give you is, I gave this advice to someone else just less than a half an hour before, I guess, before we started this podcast episode today. It comes up a lot. And the the reality of multiple streams of income is there's always going to be other things you can focus on that aren't working yet, but man, they might someday. And I'm going to spend some time on those. That's the exciting projects. You've got to become very disciplined about spending at least minimum 60%, if not 70 or 80% of your time focused and paying attention to the stuff that's working, keeping it rocking, keeping it growing, keeping it stable, checking in on the people that are making those wheels turn every day. 60 to 80% of your time stays there. And then you get your experimental time. You got to be disciplined about it. Maybe it's a day a week, you know, one day a week that you, you go over and you look at the moving the ball forward on launching the granola and moving the ball forward on calling some wholesalers that may or may not work out and the experimental stuff. The rest of the time, you're hammering away on what you know works. So you've got your foundation nice and strong to support the other things. Because as entrepreneurs, sometimes it, we drift into the, uh, the world of what if and dreaming and bigger and, and we neglect the stuff that's working. <laughs> and you could regret that. I've talked so many times and I, you know, I'll talk, have people tell me their story. And it used to be good and now it's not. And when they tell me those, it used to be good and now it's not stories, inevitably they stopped paying attention to what was working to go for something a little bigger, a little more interesting, a little more passionate about what's over. Like, no, do what works, bolt it down, build systems, put good people in charge, automate it, system it, and then go talk about, you know, spend some brain power. Does that help? I mean, it's, it's yeah. a unique discipline that we have to develop. hundred uh, percent. I agree with you. And that kind of brings me into my next question is I feel like I'm, I'm kind of at the, the point where I need to probably start use, utilizing prep centers because I'm a one man operation here. And yeah. well, my mom comes and helps. She's, she's snowboarding in New York for uh, the summer. So I'm fortunate to be able to uh, have her in the warehouse doing some prepping for me um, from time to time. But most of the time I'm doing it all on my own. And um, at the level I'm at, I just feel like I could probably afford to, you know, relieve some of my duties and put it on a prep center. But I, I've been a little just, I just feel like I haven't been able to take the leap. I don't know what's holding me back. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm nervous. Like how do I send test buys to prep centers? And some prep centers will have like minimum requirements of how much you're sending to them. And, you know, one of my best selling products, I just found out yesterday that I'm doing over 10,000 a month on that with this one product and it's discontinued. So I now have to find something to replace that, or I'm going to start, you know, my business is going to go down. So now I'm anxious to see what else I can get moving and hopefully pick up the slack there. But, um, I just, I don't know how to transition to the prep center and, and how to send test purchases to them and make it cost effective. And I don't know, I've just, I'm in a funk at that point with, with there. I, I know, I feel like once I figured that part out, this is going to get even much larger for me and more exciting, but yeah. I just don't, I, I don't know how to get do the leap, honestly. Now, once you step out of the fog and you kind of climb whatever the current mountain is, trust me, there's always another mountain right next to it, ready and waiting. And you're thinking, man, who do I need to call to tack tackle this one? The solution to every challenge you're going to run into is a person, though. And that's true in all business arenas, but it's a person. 
So the fact that you're coming to our event, which by the time this episode's released is either happening right now or has recently happened, August 12th through 14th, theprovenconference.com. But you're going to be there, Randy. You told us that. There's going to be a handful of prep centers there. They have these conversations all the time with new clients. You just need to have a conversation with a few of them and you'll be surprised. But I also don't want you to fall in the trap of thinking that you know the bigger lesson of what I'm about to say is any chance you have to incrementally change your system, do it versus big dramatic changes. Big dramatic changes are scary. Little incremental changes and tests, testing small, Sometimes it's not possible, but when it is possible, you're very wise to understand the numbers, break it down to a math decision, and take little incremental steps. What's that mean? Well, what does it cost you in reality to actually prep one item? Do the math, figure it out. You got the warehouse, you got you know uh, the expenses of keeping the lights on, and all this whatever bills you're paying there. Plus per item prep, you know, get your number. You're never going to get a perfect number, get it pretty dialed in. And then you can make a good intelligent decision. Does a prep center make sense? Just paying someone else a couple bucks per item, you know, and I can close my warehouse. Does that make sense? Or maybe it makes sense for them to handle some of your inventory. Or maybe they would make an exception for you if you're only sending two or three different kinds of SKUs. So you send the, the bulk of your easy stuff to a prep center and they handle that. And you handle the weird stuff here, right? There's all kinds of ways to do it. But Inevitably, it's going to be knowing your numbers and having conversations. Get as accurate as you can with your numbers and then have conversations with people who've been doing it a while. Don't get excited about somebody that's launching a prep center next week and like, hey, I want you to be my first client. Like, I, That's kind of experimenting and I don't know. Talk to somebody who's been doing it a while. They're kind of established. Get in there with them. And like I said, there's we've got a list at prepcenternetwork.com. There's going to be all kinds of resources in the show notes today. I'm writing myself a note here. So I don't forget to add it later. PrepCenterNetwork.com is a list of all of the known prep centers where, for those who don't know, if you're listening to this and have no idea what a prep center is, it's just where you send your inventory and they get it ready for Amazon for you. And they pay you pay them a little bit of money to do it. Sometimes it may make more sense, Randy, to just use the neighbor across the street. You know, it's got an extra space in their garage. Hey, you looking for some extra work? That, that could make sense as a transition. What a lot of people end up doing is a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. And they're using a few prep different prep centers and they kind of diversify their risk that way. So I don't think there's a magic button you're going to push and go, yeah, Jim said use a prep center. Use this one. Boop, problem solved. It's not that. It's always slow transitions, conversations, experimenting, not going in too deep with any one direction until you know it's working. And it, it, that really is the gig. You know, it's always entertaining for me to kind of hear people say, but if I could just get my business to this point, you know, I think I'll be at a place where I can fill in the blank. And you'll always, you'll always, and then at some point you'll stop saying that because you know, <laughs> like as soon as I get my business to this point, I know full well that whatever lessons and challenges I've experienced, experienced so far, the next one's waiting. That next dragon, you know, has got to be slayed. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and there's the reward too, obviously. Uh, but as soon as that dragon slayed and the, and you collect the reward, like, all right, what's next? Oh, great. A bigger dragon. Didn't see that coming. You know, I mean, that's the gig. But it's just so rewarding to go down this road. That, that's why I call us business building warriors, right? Warriors conquer things. They overcome obstacles. They get up when they don't feel like it. They surround themselves with comrades and encourage them. And, you know, they, they rely on the contagion of courageousness that to continue the fight, right? So. 
You're doing a great job, man. I love the path that you're on. You're in a community that, that's uh, here for you and you've already experienced that support a few different ways. I love that we kept it very raw and real today. You know, it's not all sunshine and roses. You know, yeah, free money I, falling from the sky. I it's definitely like feel like uh, just, just some of the recent posts I have, I've, I've noticed some of the comments, some people that, you know, I've been struggling and, and I do feel great to be able to try to motivate other people that are just getting, because it, it's, it's hard, especially when you're doing everything on your own. It's mm-hmm. discouraging. It feels like you're not going to get to the next level. And, and to be able to, to be able to show where I'm getting to and then, you know, respond to people who are hoping to get there and give them some, some motivation. It feels great to be able to be in that position finally, where I was always the person who was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. And, you know, to be able to exceed our, my annual sales goal already, that is just, you know, such an amazing feeling. It's now like friends and family get it. They're like, Oh, okay. You, you kind of know what you're doing now, I guess. Huh? I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's starting to pay off and be real. So, I mean, I, and something you're doing almost instinctually that I hope listeners pick up on is you're having conversations, you're meeting people, you're building relationships. You're not afraid to get on the phone. You said, I actually recorded a podcast episode. It's probably a hundred episodes or so ago, but I call it the secret power, the, the secret superpower that so many e-commerce entrepreneurs ignore. Pick up the phone and have conversations, mm-hmm. face-to-face, Zoom, something, anything. If you're relying on just email and, and anonymous conversations, you're stumping your growth as a leader and your business will ultimately pay the price for it because there will come that day when that dragon you can't slay yourself is on the horizon. Like You look around and there's no one next to you. You don't want to be in that position. You want to have these relationships and these backup plans for your backup plans and these connections that you can call and check on. And this is a relationship business. So I, I'm so excited that you're going to, be joining us in, in Louisville for sure as well for our conference. I think you're going to really benefit from that. I want you to let me know just privately what you think when it's over, if you would, a week or two sure. from now, once we've gone through that. But uh, anything else on your list as we start to wrap this one up? I think this was a solid episode, buddy. Yeah. I just want to give you know a couple quick tips, um, kind of Let's talking about what, what you were, were just mentioning about you know not being afraid to pick up the phone. I'm in New York, Long Island, and there's a lot of manufacturers, distributors, and and a lot of opportunity right here in front of me. So, you know, it's you should try to focus. I think sometimes on um, your immediate surrounding. There's there's always opportunity. You say it all the time. You know, you could walk in the gas station and find a replan. But sometimes, if you're in a, a, an area, you could walk. You know, go around the block and find a distributor. Um, I've heard plenty of podcasts where, you know, the people in Brooklyn, people in the city that, you know, they just walk riding their bike and they found, you know, an amazing distributor. But one thing that I always say when I call, and, and I think it, it goes a long way with the person on the other end, you know, I'm looking to build a long business relationship with you. I do not want to just place an order and then forget about you. And, you know, I want to build a 20, 30, 40 year business with you guys help your company grow sales, help my business grow sales. And, you know, that resonates with people. They, they feel the commitment that, you know, I mean, and I also tell them, look, this is, this is the only thing I do for a living. I'm a real person. I have a real building. I'm looking to grow my business. I want to help be a valuable asset to your business by growing it also. So, you know, sometimes you don't realize the opportunities and some of the best stuff I have going on right now is all local stuff. 
of course, there's plenty of places outside of New York that there's going to be more opportunity that we're going to be working with. But right now, there's so much, I'm so surrounded by it. I just, I keep just Googling distributors about whatever. And then, oh, wow, this happens to be, you know, 10, 20 minute drive. I'll just knock on their door. Sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's just realizing that there is opportunity everywhere and you never know what you're going to, who you're going to talk to and building that relationship and showing your commitment to, to brands and, and other people. I feel like they, maybe not every Amazon person does that. Every Amazon seller may not even call or go anywhere. They might just rely on the emails and it's just not personable and relationship like you always mention, is so critical in this business. And that's kind of where I've, why I've ran with that in that direction of calling people, knocking on doors. It's kind of old school mentality, I feel like, but it is, it works. And it's, and I feel like it's definitely just, you know, it's scary at first to do because I'm new. So how much value am I really adding? I, I've been doing this successfully for a couple of months. And to be honest with you, the way that I am scaling, I, I, it's, I'm not hitting a plateau yet. So I feel like it's too good to be true. What's next month going to be like, you know, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty still. Um, yes, it looks good, but I don't know. I mean, I may, I may go down this month. I may go up. It's a constant pivot. You always have to find new products. That's one, one comment somebody made on one of my posts, like, what are you selling? And I'm like, I sell every, all kinds of stuff. You know, I gave her a couple of different categories I'm selling in, but, um, it, you know, just like I said, my best-selling product is discontinued. So now I have to find a new replan to to fulfill that that spot. So you know, just the tip was basically don't be afraid to call um, because I think it goes a long way. And you know, if you can find something locally and and go not walk into an office and introduce yourself, that goes a long way. People appreciate you know the personability and and just being a real person that wants to you know that's motivated and wants to help grow their business and and do that type of you know model. For sure, works. Yeah, you dropped a really good tip in there too for folks. Uh, just to to expand on a little bit, we've said this. It's been a while since I think I said it on the podcast, but you can just go to Google and type in wholesale, and then the name of your city, or the local big city, or your state. You know, a few zip codes. Distributor, same thing. Your city, your state, few local big cities around you, and just see like what's showing up. Who there's companies there that you've never heard of, but they're there, and they've got a phone number, and they sell stuff, and you could call them up, and just have a conversation. Or go to local business meetings where these guys, you know, meet up, manufacturers, distributors, anybody that has truck docks. You know, I've I've often told sellers, if you drive around and you see the businesses that have a truck dock where a big semi can back up and unload, they've got a corner in that warehouse of stuff they don't know what to do with. Yep. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yep. If you can just meet the people behind that operation and say, Hey, I sell online and I know how to make things happen on Amazon, and you have a conversation, there's opportunity there. But it involves relationships, getting to know yeah. people, calling. You know, if you if you stick to the beaten path, it, it's a little harder. But the beauty of this business is, you, we start people out on the beaten path, and they do pretty good. But the further you get off the beaten path, and those relationships and those unique advantages based on your connections and your relationships and your experiences, the people you you've met in your past, the jobs you've had, you know, those things lead to big things. Um, business moves at the speed of trust, our coaching director says all the time, right? So build trust with a lot of people. Your business picks up pace. Great tip. So, something actually just kind of came to me now as we're discussing this a little deeper. If you think about it, any retail store you walk into, whether it's a gas station, whatever, whatever it is, they have a distributor. 
somebody's delivering all their goods. So you could really walk into any store and just say, Hey, would you mind sharing who's bringing your product in here? I never even thought about that until now, honestly, but I, every single store you walk into is dealing with the distributor. So if you know people that have stores or you're very familiar, you know, you go to the same store and they know who you are pretty likely to be able to get their distributor list. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, if you look on the uh, packaging on a product, you know, it's going to say distributed by. Right. <laughs> That's a company. That also. You know, getting in contact with those companies and, and uh, yeah, there's, there's opportunity everywhere. And just to be clear, we're not talking about, I know with the granola opportunity, you're launching a new product. That's a new private label product. With everything else we're talking about right now, we're just talking about replens. We're talking about analyzing, you, know, you don't set up new listings to do this. You may find some hot new products and set up some unique bundles like we talked about. The, uh, the provenbrandbuilding.com concept. But a lot of this is just existing listings that you can be one of five other sellers selling at a profit because you look at, you know how to read a keep a chart. You look through the, the proven Amazon course replens training. You've learned it. You understand what keep it is. If you don't know what keep it is, go listen to podcast episode 369, please. That's the heartbeat software of this entire model, replens model that we teach. You need to understand why it's so important. But once you've got those basic skills, you're not looking for brand new products and try to launch and give them momentum. You're just saying, hey, let's sell against hot listings that are, I say, underserved is the term I use, underserved listings. And they're everywhere. There's millions of them. So there is opportunity everywhere. But there's always another mountain to climb. There's always going to be a little challenge in relationships what propel you forward. I think that's kind of been the theme today. And it's, it's the theme of so many episodes. But was there anything else on your list? It seems like you had one more, maybe. I think that's it. We got through it. Cool. Well, that was a great list. Yeah. You did a great job today, buddy. This is a Thank really you. good episode. I think this is one of those episodes where people might have to listen a couple of times and kind of scroll around. And I've got like, you know, eight of these, you know, that I got to type into the show notes today. My little notes here, I've been making while we've been... So if you ever notice me looking off the screen and look like I'm doing something, I'm making notes for myself because I'm not going to remember everything we said so I can get all these show notes put together. But you did a great job, Randy. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. Just, you know, uh, as always, anything I'm doing with the community, I feel like I always take something away. Um, so, you know, only last thing I would have to say is just if you're if you're worried, if you think that this business is saturated, just keep going. Discipline, perseverance, it will get you through it. You'll get to the next level. It's not easy. I mean, it's, this is a business. It's real. You're spending real hard-earned money, you know, to try to make something work. But like, you know, the community is always there for help. So anything you run into, just post it and people will quickly respond and, and it's great. So it's really, you know, thank you for getting that community established and keeping all these great people in it that are constantly helping. It's been, you know, a pleasure to be a part of. Wow. Well said. You know, I like listening for those little sound bites that I can probably throw at the beginning of the episode or use in other ways. Like you just nailed it, man. That was good. I'll <laughs> use that one. I've got a little, a little podcasting tip. I actually have a little clock running next to the, uh, next to my laptop here and I make a little timestamp when the when the guest says something that I want to either go into later or expand on I can make a little time step note right down 75 minutes 45 seconds there we go dude that was great (laughs) I appreciate it and I, I do very much value that kind of feedback buddy that tells me we're doing the right thing around here as far as guarding the culture I can't take responsibility for hardly anything around here except you did a decent job of keeping out the clowns and the the people with, you know, spamming type of activities. And so it's just a good group of business building warriors hanging out, helping each other. And that's a special community for sure. But let me talk to the listeners for just a second. Thank you for hanging out with Randy and I today. We really appreciate it. You gave us a very valuable asset, as Randy said earlier, some of your time. 
that's no joke. That's a pretty serious commitment to have spent that much time with us today. We're grateful for that. And I hope that I can continue to bring you incredible value for that time invested. I think if you pay attention to the lessons, regardless of whether you're on Amazon or not, there were some really good lessons today. But if you want to build a serious e-commerce business, we certainly can help. So jump over, take advantage of the free resources at silentgym.com. Our podcast, if you're watching on YouTube right now, our podcast, a lot of the episodes are audio only. So if you jump over to silentgym.com, you're going to see that we have a bunch of episodes you haven't heard yet. Some great guests like Randy today telling their story, but we didn't turn on the video camera for a lot of them. So they're just audio. Uh, And we've got our free Facebook group, which we talked about. We just passed 70,000 members, really good people from all over the world. This is a global opportunity. We'll welcome you in with open arms if you want to come join us and you're serious about building a business. But from on behalf of the team, podcast team, we blew past 500 episodes recently. We all had a big celebration for that. We're so grateful for how you've helped this show grow. Thank you for being a part of it. And Randy, once again, man, great job today, buddy. I appreciate you, my friend. It was my pleasure. I'll see you in a few days. All the business building warriors, God bless you. We'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.